Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. We are the Baseball Umpires Podcast for umpires by an umpire. We are more than just balls and strikes and outs and saves. Listen in for tips, rule interpretations, equipment and attire reviews, interviews with umpires of all levels, and some funny stories that might come up every time out on a baseball field. If you're new to the field as an umpire or a seasoned vet in the world of umpiring, then this is the podcast for you. Hey Blue, the Umpire Podcast is part of the 1420 Sports Bar group of podcasts on the Belly Up Network. Podcast for umpires by an umpire show number five brought to you by Plate Crate. Bring the uh, the gift of baseball to your door. Use promo code Fastball twenty to uh, save yourself twenty percent on uh, the gift of baseball. October eighteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Special show here today. Something that kind of just fell into my lap. Uh, Daniel Block from Staten Island, New York. He uh, messaged me on Facebook. He saw a Hey Blue on one of the uh, the Facebook pages. There's so many I can't even remember which one it was, but uh, he. Uh, Reached out to me. I got back to him last night. Now we're just doing this. It's sometimes the uh, the uh, podcast world. It works in funny ways sometimes. Daniel, thank you for joining me down in the Yankee Tavern North. I see in the back of my, my first question for you was, uh, are you a Mets? Because being from Staten Island, New York, are you a Mets fan or a Yankee fan? And I already know the answer. Tell me you're, uh, how you became <laughs> a Mets fan and not a Yankee fan. Okay, so I am a Mets fan. But. To be fairly honest, uh, I, I, I'm kind of the good sport Mets fan because I'm not too competitive. So Yeah, no, I was uh, <laughs> we were lucky enough to go down to the uh, Subway Series back in late uh, August this year and got to witness my first Subway Series at uh, Yankee Stadium with the Mets. And, and it, was, it was a lot of fun. And the, the, the basic, in, in general, the fans were, were very congenial to each other. It was a lot of fun. And there was a lot of good ribbing back and forth. So I didn't see any any hostility uh, sitting in Section 203 at Yankee Stadium that night. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot. It's a, it, it was different, but it was fun. It was It was really good. It's gotta be. It's gotta be tough in, in a city that that size and that many different different teams and different people and different different. Uh... Yeah, it. You know the funny thing is, I actually went to my first Subway Series in two thousand six. Yeah, at the old Yankee Stadium. Oh, I'm jealous. My dad got free tickets. Well, my dad used to work for JNR Music World Computer World. Okay, on Park Row, and my dad got free tickets to both the Atlanta. Braves versus the Yankees and the Mets versus the Yankees. Now we couldn't go to the Braves versus Yankees game because for unknown reasons, I'm I'm not going to say, but (laughs) for the Mets, for the Mets versus the Yankees game, 
which was a Saturday game, saw Fox, of course, national telecast. Yep. I got to witness Eli Marrero hit a home run. There you go. Remember that game like it was yesterday, and the Mets ended up winning that game, eight to five. Yeah, it's crazy how you can remember those things like it's nothing. It's like you're, whether it's your first time, your second time, whatever. There's just moments that come with the game of baseball that you just you, you there. And, and that's the great thing about baseball is you, you don't need to watch the entire game. There's moments that come up that will stick in your head forever. It's it's of great. course, yeah, it's great. Let's get into your officiating career, you, Dan, Daniel. You're 25 years old, multiple sport official, like you told me off the air here. What got you into being an official? Um, and how and how long you've been doing it? So I've been officiating since, um, oh my God, I think for eight, nine years now. I started back in 2016 as a soccer official. And I um, was refereeing. What got me involved was, well, I played the sport and I was a top soccer participant. So top soccer is pretty much special needs soccer like the special needs version it's a special needs version of soccer like it's challenger baseball literally gotcha and i wanted to get back to the sport so i figured become a ref and it would keep me active now keep in mind i am a official with a disability i have autism asperger's syndrome really okay if you want to go by the old unpc like Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Did that yeah. actually make more sense to me? Because I, I was reading up on you a little bit last night, just because I get nosy. I'm an investigative reporter, and I no, now that course. you said that, now now I know exactly what that means now. Because Asperger's, well, first off, Asperger's was a German doctor uh, back in the Holocaust, so they wanted to get rid of the name and turn it into the new political. PC word of autism spectrum disorder. Okay. So that's what I kind of prefer calling it what it is and not what it isn't for me. That's the same thing with my officiating style, really. (laughs) You know, (laughs) call it what it is, call it not what it is. And that's a very good way of doing things. That makes a lot of sense. That's uh, that's probably the smartest thing I've heard an official say my entire, uh, entire time since I've been an umpire. Call it what it is, not what it isn't. That's very very good advice. I mean, I learned from a lot of people as an official. Helped me grow. I've been doing, oh my God. I, I've had EC, Elite Club National Leagues tournaments at least five times. A U.S. Youth Soccer National League Pro. Um, I've done uh, high school baseball for a couple of years now. I've been doing travel baseball for about maybe five years. And then um, I I, I want to go Little League World Series, but I don't think the pressure would be there for me because, you know, sensory overload. But um, to be fairly honest, uh, the highest I've ever gone with my officiating career is probably the soccer tournaments. I mean, when you make it to... The higher level tournaments, you know, you did something right. In fact, actually, coming up this weekend, I actually have a college club tournament, college club soccer yep. tournament. So, intramurals, if anyone's heard of intramurals, 
tournament. They send they send each college sends like a couple of teams representing their club, their college, and then they play in the tournament and the winners go on to the finals in Round Rock, Texas this year. Yeah, it's always nice to get a pat in the back and go to a higher level and that lets you know that people, that, that people are actually watching you and they're they're actually evaluating, saying, Hey, this guy deserves to go here or there or, or to the next level a little bit. When you first got into this, Daniel, um, was there any job specific training? Uh, was there just a weekend, a weekend clinic, a one day clinic, a half day clinic they, where they just said, here's a rule book. Here's your shirt. Here's your hat. See you later. Have a good time and, and uh, expect the worst hope for the best. Or, or did you kind of just, no. did, did you take a little bit of a, a gradual step before you step foot on the field? Um, Cause I, I know around here, it's basically feast or famine. Like, see you, see you, see you later. Like here, here you go. And here's your hot dog at the end of your clinic. And, and there you go. No, of course. So, I for baseball, I spent a couple weekends studying, uh, doing doing a course, and then I took a test. Uh, for soccer, it took two weeks for me to go through classes and then take a test. For softball, which, by the way, I did do the Special Olympics USA Games this recently. That took yeah, place I read in that down and down, down at Disney. Yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and the Unified Cup up in Detroit, Michigan, refereeing soccer there. So those are pretty much top-notch levels. Um, but to be fairly honest, it's you go through classes, take a test, and then they put you on a trial. If you think you're – if you like it, you keep it. If you don't, oh, well. That's the biggest thing that we're lacking here is we like you know, here I'm in Western Canada and there's just not a lot of officials. So we, we don't really have the opportunity to say yes or no. It's like, okay, you're available. Please keep going. And and that's, that's something that we're trying to get, get away from like in the city that I live in. I mean, the city that I live in is probably not, uh, doesn't even consider really a city coming to to New York centers. Obviously. No, of course. But uh, it's, uh, we don't really have that, that option. We, whereas we, we, I wouldn't say we throw guys to the wolves, but we throw guys to the wolves where y- y- we, there, there's a, a weekend clinic. We're starting to do things now where we're, um, teaching more on-field stuff than classroom stuff because classroom stuff, all you basically hear is Charlie Brown's teacher saying a bunch of rules you don't really pay attention to. Yeah, so we're actually doing more on-the-field stuff. <laughs> exactly, we're doing more on-the-field stuff and then incorporating rules to say, stand here, do this, do that. And it's it's, it's become a, a little more successful. We're, we're struggling with having that. During the season, what kind of evaluating do you get? What kind of mentorship do you get through throughout the season? You mean you're, you're in the, in the umpire world? All of a sudden, you're a seasoned vet if you're doing it for seven or eight years. It's funny how that how that works out because usually you you have to have a lot more experience than, than just six or seven years in anything. No, we called one of the uh, experienced guys. But during the season, what kind of evaluating do you get, and what kind of mentorship do you get, or do they basically say, "Well, he's good. Let's move on to, to the, the lower level guys now." Okay, so for that, for soccer-wise, it's basically they keep going with top prospects. For baseball-wise, well, first off, USA Baseball doesn't sanction every umpire association. Let's start there. USA Baseball is just an independent. There's no. It's nothing like Baseball Canada. It's nothing like the WBSC. Even though I want to become WBSC, but. I don't think I'll have a shot at it because of my body stature, but that's besides the point. Um, I believe that evaluation is a key. We go through video training. We go through 
um, a, a clinics here and there, evaluations per game. It, it's pretty much basically treated like U.S. soccer does its evaluations per game, per assessment. You pass. Good for you. You get to move on to the next badge level if you try to re- to certify again. Yeah. But keep in mind, U.S. soccer and every soccer organization requires a fitness exam. I have to. I have to be a grassroots ref. Uh, U.S. soccer changed the grade grade levels two years ago. It used to be grade numbers. Now it's just titles. So it's no longer referee coach, it's referee mentor. And for me, um, I'd rather stick at grassroots because I'm pretty good at the level that I am. I do high school. Yeah. Sometimes that's something that gets lost in the uh, the general the general um, thought process of officials is that they, they get uh, too big for their britches. They want to go to this level and that level. When at the end of the day, if you don't have the grassroots stuff going, going right, the rest of it doesn't work properly. And you, Absolutely. Still, need, and you still need mentorship and you still need people to teach the younger guys coming up. And if, if this, if there's a certain level that you're at, I mean, you could be the mayor of a town for a hundred years and you're still a mayor of a town. Of course, if you try to go to a different level, it might, it might actually harm you and you might get to a point where you don't, you don't like it anymore because man, all of a sudden that this has gotten a little bit faster and I wanted it to be this got a little bit more competitive than I wanted it to be where whereas I was actually enjoying myself where I was and now I, I went on to something I don't like and you could lose your passion for for officiating no, because when you get to something that's more competitive the the coaches and parents can get a little bit more rambunctious absolutely and to be fairly honest even though I do high school level and I've been doing high school level sports for quite some time now um and a little bit of travel here and there I never wanted to go pro. I never wanted to go pro. Reason being is because everyone around my town thinks I'm that good of that good of a ref at the level that I'm refereeing. Yeah. Um, if you get opinions from other people in your s- sector, you should stay there. It's like you know how honeybees work. A little bit. I'm not a scientist, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. if you if the honey's sweet, you stay there. If the nectar's sweet, you stay there. If the nectar's not sweet, go somewhere else. That's kind of with me. That's a very good analogy. What associations, baseball, uh, other than like you said, uh, USA softball. What associations locally are you involved in? So I'm part of the Staten Island Baseball Umpires Association, which is which covers perfect game tournaments for the Northeast yeah. in, in the, in Staten Island, New York city. Um, I work for Frank Picado as my assigner for that. I work for, uh, John Galante, who's He's the Northeast. I, I, I watch his YouTube videos a lot. He, I, I like, he, I, I, yeah. one day that's kind of a goal of mine to, for Hey Blue to get him on, on, on my show and we'll, we'll discuss I can this because he's uh, he seems like a really knowledgeable guy and seems like a fun guy and seems like a, uh, a logical person from what I've seen. Maybe he's not, maybe he, the perception comes across, but he seems like he's a really knowledgeable, logical, logical, uh, official. I could get him for you if you want. I'm That'd very good friends we'll, with him. We'll talk about I that afterwards. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. Um, I worked for him. 
I worked for Keith Hoffman, who's the who's in charge of USS Opal Union County. I worked for SCOA, which is uh, Schools and Collegiate Officials Association, which covers high school soccer in northeast in the north of New Jersey. And I work for, well, besides U.S. soccer, um, on state New Jersey referee committee, um, Middlesex County and Union County. Sound like you're a busy guy uh, and you got a lot going on with, uh, with soccer and baseball and, and softball and the, and the like. Um, how many games a year do you do with the, with the three different sports? And is there, is there ever a time where you go, I just, I'm good. I don't want to, or, or you get, because like, me me personally, I did a hundred and some games here, whatever it was, which isn't a ton, probably at your standards. But there was times where like, you just go, you know, I really don't want to. And then once I'm there, it's fine. But it's sometimes it's the thought of going that's worse than actually doing it. Do you, do you, do you get that point? First off, how many games a year do you do in your, in your three sports? And then do you ever get those feelings like, I would rather just sit in the couch and watch the Mets game? You know, the funny thing is, I always have season withdrawal when it comes to the season ending. I never want to stop officiating. And that's, that's, that's kind of me. And I work between maybe 10,000 to 20,000 games a year, depending on the assignment, uh, depending on accumulation, but depending on what I've, I'm given per day. Yeah. And which actually I have a JV soccer game later, high school wise by myself. Unfortunately, officiating shortages hit that level. Yeah. We'll get into that and, in a second, but yeah, keep going. And, you know, the, I never thought once the season ends, I never thought, oh, I need to stop. I need to stop. No, I just want to keep going. I want to add more sports to my resume. And so, in my opinion, if you keep going, it's just a matter of pick the sport that's best fit for you. I mean, sure, I do a little flag football on the side. Um, Indoor flag, indoor flag. Yeah. And it's played on a turf with, uh, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this, but the local rink has no, is no longer a roller hockey rink. They put soccer turf on it indoors wise. And now they, now they have, um, flag football played there or indoor soccer. Huh. So it's kind of arena f- flag football if you look at it that way. Jesus, it, n- it never seems to end. There, whatever there, there's money to be made, it just keeps going and going and going. And Absolutely, all these, and the and these sports kind of just end up with more sports and different sports and all, all year long. And it and at the end of the day, you still need officials to make it all work. And I think that's Absolutely. one thing. I think that's one thing that gets lost in the in the whole thing about the. Well, look, actually, we'll get into that right now. That the the lack of officials in all these sports is that I, I think that. Um, just for lack of a better, uh, for the sake of conversation, I guess, uh, let's say perfect game or, uh, whatever association they have all these great big ideas on, um, okay, let's, let's, let's have more games for these kids. Well, let's have more, um, stuff that we can make money off of. Let's do this. Let's, let's have all these clinics and everything else, whether it be baseball, soccer that are run all year round now, but it seems to me that they always, 
uh, the last uh, box that they check on their checklist is official. Is official, and it, it's 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 almost sometimes the night before. Yeah, there's these two teams with with uh, that, that never existed three weeks ago who are ready to play a game the next day, and they go, "Oh shit, we forgot to to, to call umpires or referees <laughs> or whatever it is." You know, that reminds me of a story. Um, you mentioned that. Reminds me of a story back, I think it was December of last year. Um, it was in Florida. I was in Disney at the time for the U.S. Soccer National League Pro. So you and uh, an assign uh, a league had the game set up. However, they never notified the assigner of officials. Exactly. For happens, officials. happens tons. Happens tons, right? Except this was a pro game. It's they never notified the assigner. It's it's crazy how it gets forgotten about. Like they they uh, they they don't hate us when we're out there, but they they dislike us when 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 we're out there. And then they 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 get mad at us when we don't show up. But they're like, well, you didn't tell us, man. Like it's it's funny that you, they always they always need us out there no matter what. And it just feels like we're so forgotten about in the big picture things. And I I, I don't understand why. And I know there's a lot going on with trying to organize all these teams, but it's it's funny how they don't include. Um, like they let the person who has the keys to the door, they let them know, but they, they forget yeah. about telling officials, right? It's just, it's so odd. We had something this past weekend where they, they forgot to tell us that they canceled games because it's something players. So we had two officials go um, to go and umpire baseball and they didn't tell anybody like, oh yeah, we forgot. Oh, it, it's, it's just, it's something. Um, Big slap in the face right there. <laughs> what, exactly. What's the hardest thing for you? Like when you first got going into umpiring baseball and softball, what was the hardest thing for you to, that to get to drive into your head about, about officiating the game? What was like, whether it be a rule or a position thing, what was the one thing that you just couldn't seem to get right? Maybe for your first one, two, three years, or maybe you're still getting it wrong today. I mean, we all get things wrong, no matter what to, to the bitter end. We're all, we're, we're, we're always going to make mistakes. You might have 10 perfect games in a row when, when nothing's going wrong. Wrong. But is there something that you, when you first got rolling into it that you go, man, I'm pretty good, but you went, oh man, I got that wrong again, and you just couldn't get it right. So to answer that question, actually, I got a good one for you. I got a good answer for you. Actually, um, I've had many times people doubt me because, well, one, I have the disability, and then two, it's the training that comes into play. Everyone thinks they know the rules until they don't know the rules. I've had protests in my games three times. Three times. Why? Because they thought they know the rule on infield fly. <laughs> that, that tends to bite people sometimes for some reason, but yeah. You know why? You know why they protested? They thought, oh, you could step on the bag if you have possession of the ball when it leaves when the runner leaves early or it doesn't tag up. No, you're supposed to tag the runner. Yeah. You're supposed to tag the runner. The runners are able to advance on free will. They can they can they don't have to tag. They don't have to no. You're supposed to tag the runner to get the runner out on infield fly roll. The base runner in this case. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And Coach's like, oh, no, 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 we're supposed to step on the bag. I'm like, coach, the rule states you have to tag the runner. It's right there. 
You want me to go into my phone and look it up? Be my guest. I'll do it. Yeah. What happens when you bring the phone on the field? Works out for you one way, but then it doesn't work out for you in another because in the end, he ended up protesting it. But I ended up winning the protest because in the end, the coach was wrong. I had a a situation a couple of years back where a a coach kept trying to bring the rule book onto the field. And I said, you bring that thing out here one more time. You'll be, you'll be sitting in your car right away. Do not. And I said, would you just quit it? I said, I got it right. Just don't trust me on this one. Do not do that. Do not do it. Yeah. So it's okay for him. If, if you want to prove him right. I mean, judgment call one thing. Yeah, sure. Reject him for that. But if it's a matter of a rule differential, show him the rule. He's got the rule book. Show him the rule on the page. It's better off. It's less ejections, less anger, and to be honest with you, less of a headache. Throughout Been the there, year, yeah, ejections, we talked talk about the other night with my friend Matt on, on the show. Uh, we uh, try to stay away from ejections as much as you can. I find that it kind of hurts the game a little bit and people get all rambunctious and, and revved up and it it, it puts a, a negative uh, damper on a game that that in general, most people don't care about 20 minutes after it's done. Like you, you get a kid a Slurpee after the game is done. They, they didn't even really play that game that day. It's usually the parents and the coaches who get revved up. How many uh, ejections do you say, like, do, you, do you get in a year uh, and do, do you have how like how are things in your area with coaches with parents is there a is there a rule is there a certain um protocol that's supposed to be followed once they enter the the playing facility like how many how many times a year do you have to go yeah your participation is no longer required this event so i have had to give warnings at least five times i've gone straight ejection over balls and strikes that's Ten pretty much times. automatic, yeah. yeah. Ten times. I've gone warnings to both sides and a and two ejections for unsportsmanlike conduct. Now, keep in mind, in the NFHS world, which is high school rules, unsportsmanlike conduct is supposed to be the warning. But it can be used at discretion if the players does something like, I don't know, curse at the opponent, initiate problems, come back with a retaliation. Penalties are assessed against the team. Can be described. It's discretionary. I've thrown out, I, I mean, I've thrown out maybe five players. I had a kid call me racist once. That's an automatic for me. Like that's that's no, an not, automatic. Man. That's an automatic. Yeah, there, there's there is, like out. a lot of those a lot of these conversations because we're supposed to be the adults. I mean, I got a few years on you, and you're supposed to be the adult. And there there is times where 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 a kid might say something, and and he and you got to remember that he's a kid. He's sometimes he's 14, sometimes he's 12, sometimes he's 17. Nothing really know what he's saying, so you go okay, well, whatever. But when the uh, when a racist thing comes out, that's when yeah, you you can go. Because I'm not. Oh, you know, I, yeah, that's one of those ones. That's an automatic for me. You know, the funny thing is, the coincident, coincidental funny thing is, this kid, this was in a 14U game. Perfect game. I threw him out. I threw the coach out for not knowing the rule on obstruction because the catcher, it ended up being the catcher that got tossed. The catcher 
was on the plate. Literally, there's, you know, the Buster Posey rule. Yeah, I was pretty much what the call was. Obstruction. Run the. He goes to retrieve retrieve the ball, as I mean, it pulls him off the plate, but he's starting from the plate. In my opinion, does the runner have leeway to get the to the plate? Absolutely not. Why? Because he's going straight, and the ball. Pulls him into the, and the ball pulls the catcher into the baseline. Ball pulling the catcher, that's fine. However, he started from the plate. If you're going to start from the plate, no, we're not going to get when we're going to give that obstruction every time. Um, however, it got the coat head coach tossed. Well, first off, he started from the beginning with, oh, the field was not playable because the bases are out of dimension. I'm like. Leave your tape measured home, dude. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a measuring tape. I know one thing's for sure. They, this is how it's been the entire day. This is how we're playing the entire day. And quit reaching, man. The coach was the coach was looking to pick a fight. He was looking to pick a fight. He was ready to go home early, and it took until the fifth inning for him to get tossed. What what do you think the the thought process is there? Like you said, it was what U fourteen. Like, what do you think the process, the thought process is there for a coach to go out there and for parents to put their faith in this guy? Like, what could possibly be, be going through this guy's mind? Saying, "I'm going, I'm going out there to make a point for and for what reason and what like what the heck is because at the end of the day, it, it hurts. It hurts two things. It hurts the kids and it it pushes officials away from continuing to want to do games. You seem like a pretty strong-willed guy and everything else. And But there are people who might not be. They might go, you know what? I don't need this. Like, I really don't need this. And with the with the, the uh, official shortage that we have, it, like in, in my part of the world and by the sounds of it, in your part of the world, if you're doing that many games... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner like why aren't um the association not the umpire associations but the like the the little league associations the perfect game associations the ones who are in charge of the teams why aren't they talking to these p- parents and coaches more and saying hey man you gotta quit this like why isn't that a thing to be honest they're just only thinking about the money let's leave it at that yeah some got some some assigners will think about the money. I know a few that have. I know a few that haven't. I remember, what was it, 2021. The year right 
right after we got out of the COVID shutdown. September. I'm the base umpire. This was a rec travel game. 10U, 50, 70 dimensions on the field. Keep in mind, 10U, 50, 70, this league enforced. And it's not a perfect game, by the way. Uh It's USABL. And USABL enforces uh, a balk warning on the pitcher. (laughs) Yeah. 10U, 50, 70. Yep. You heard that correctly. And to be fairly honest, um, I tossed the coach for arguing a balk warning. He calls his police buddy to get me removed from the field. Unbelievable. This guy has had a habit of doing this. So why is he allowed to coach? Ask Brian Delahant. Brian Delahant is the commissioner of USABL. Uh, Let me tell you something. USABL may be the worst baseball organization I've seen in my life. There's so many, and it's just a money grab. And like, we, yeah, we don't want. We actually get into it. Why not? Who cares? It's crazy. It's crazy to me. It is. And to be fairly honest, I haven't worked for that organization since. And when I commented on their page about, uh, on their Facebook page about the incident I had. Yeah. They blocked me from commenting. That's crazy to me. It's 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 actually insane. You talk about the COVID shutdown when we went through it here in Canada. We didn't get hit nearly. Well, I shouldn't I shouldn't downplay it, but you guys got hit really hard there in New York. Yeah, we did. Um, it was it was bad. Uh, whether you believe it or not, we're not going to get into that. There's people who no, still whatever, obviously. But um, no, of course, like, I we, actually had COVID. I actually had COVID a couple months ago. We lost. We lost uh, one of our uh, our, our uh, longtime umpires here to COVID. Actually, he uh, Mitch Ball passed away. Uh, right? Uh, yeah. It, it's it was it's terrible. But uh, when we first got out of the COVID shutdown, WCBL, it's a college uh, wood bat baseball league, and uh, the very I had the plate in the very first game here in Lethbridge, and the two coaches came came to the home plate meeting, and I said, okay, we're lucky to be here. We're not doing any of that other crap you guys are accustomed to to, to doing. We're, we're going to enjoy ourselves tonight because we, we didn't get to play last year. We're going to have a good time tonight. And a, a, any yipping, just escort yourself out. Let's let's have some fun. And it seemed to work pretty well. Whereas, you know, a lot of coaches, they come out and I'm not, I'm not a sheriff out there by any means. And and you get uh, coaches who come out and I, I don't understand the reason why, why they do that. And it's, and it pushes officials away and especially younger kids who, maybe don't know the rules as much, don't have um, the mentorship that they, that they should have. And, and it's, it, I don't understand the reason why grown ass adults are doing that to kids who are sometimes 13, 14 years old doing their first game ever and get bullied into it. Is it, how is it like in your area and your part of the world? I know we have, a, we have some situations here uh, that, that go on, uh, on a week in week out basis with a certain few guys. What are things like there in Staten Island for, for you in, uh, when it comes to well, I'm pretty uh, bullying sure you heard and, of, and everything else? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you heard about the incident that happened in Jersey with that umpire getting punched in the face by a coach from Staten Island. Yes. That same coach. I happen to know him, unfortunately. Well, everybody knows somebody, right? See, see the problem is the league that the incident happened they don't discipline their coaches, and that's the problem. That's what happened to me. The guy gets away with it, and then that happens. 
Are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420POD, that's 1420POD, and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. Baseball season may be coming to an end, but real baseball players never have an offseason. Plate Crate is baseball's number one baseball subscription service and is the perfect monthly baseball gift that delivers a box of baseball treasure right to your door. Every Plate Crate contains six to eight unique baseball items, including gear, snacks, training aids, accessories, and apparel. Plate Crate has a different monthly theme and has a retail value of $85 per crate. Plate Crate also has clothing and accessories for coaches and parents as well. Just click on the Plate Crate banner on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or our Twitter account and receive 20% off your order with promo code BASKBALL20 at Plate Crate. Plate Crate, inspiring every baseball player, young and old, with baseball's number one subscription box, one Plate Crate at a time. I I don't understand. I, I will never understand it. Yeah, tempers player. I, I I get it. I get that part of it. But at the end of the day, like I said, the kids don't even. The kids barely care, right? They give no, a slurpee after the and game. So, and the kids are like whatever, man. So that's the thing. Um, when 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 my incident happened and the league decided not to back me on it, I'm like, screw you. And I'm going home. I'm taking my money. I'm throwing out all the shirts that I bought, the uniform, uniforms that I bought with your name on it, and I will make sure you don't have any other umpires. Because honestly, you don't discipline your coaches. Heck, you don't even discipline the parents. What difference does it make if, if I mean, to have number one called on me because I balked your kid and ejected your yourself really that's not what this sport is about and unfortunately it's the assigner that's the problem really this is a guy named ron marino he's the assigner for usabl i tell you right now not a good guy not a good guy i i could i could think of three good reasons why no one should work for him he gets his cut, and that's about it, right? That's all he really cares about, right? and it's it's terrible. We we don't have that situation here. We where we're a guy gets a can make a living off of it, right? Like you just don't have that around here. Uh, there's coaches that make a living off of doing it, and we'll get we can get that if you wanted to. But yeah, there's coaches that make a, a healthy living running clinics and and the like, and throwing clinics and hitting clinics and this and that. Uh, when it comes to umpires, it all it all kind of gets we have to fend for ourselves a lot. Um, when you first got out there. Um, What's one like? What is one thing that you really wish you, you knew a lot more of? You, 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 sure you got you had your fancy new pants, and your fancy new shirt, and you're out there, and you're excited to be out there. 
But what's one thing that you you wish that you would have been taught a little bit more that would have been that would have not, not so much the human element, but the uh, being an official element because human element we're we're, you know, we're we're as 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 human beings we're, we'll always be learning human elements and and human nature no matter what, right? But what's the yeah. one thing baseball related that you wish maybe your your instructors, your evaluators, uh, you yourself would have looked up? What's one thing that you you you, you wish you could have prepared for more that you, you might be able to put put onto younger umpires now to say, hey, you need to be prepared for this because this stung me a little bit. To be honest with you, there's one trick in the book that I have not learned yet and still haven't learned yet. That is um, having patience. I have I never had patience with, with I mean, uh, I remember one game I had to throw out a coach because he told me to get out of the way, even though the ball got stuck in my mask. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I'm right there in the position. Tell your catcher to block the ball better, and I won't get hurt. He didn't care about me getting hurt. He cared about me affecting the play and the run scoring. Yeah. That's why he got tossed. And then my partner's like, no, we're going to warn him. Wait, not today, sir. My call, my, my judgment. He's gone, and that's the game. He was the only coach there. In the game, probably has to stop, or they something's got to happen, or whatever. Correct. Yeah, correct. I'm no. like, we're not doing. Uh, if he doesn't care about my safety and he's only care about a stinking run just because I got hit, absolutely not. I'm not saying you finish the game yourself. It's yeah, it's crazy how the the, the disregard for umpires is out there too when it comes to coaches and parents. It's I'm not here to bellyache about it. Like it's just funny. It's, oh, of uh, course. It's it, I mean we love it. We go out there week in week out and a day in day out to do it. But yeah, there it's just the uh, like it's just the, the lack of uh, the, the lack of compassion, I guess, for lack yes. of a better term, right? Yes. The lack of, like we're, no, we got, we're human beings too with, with hearts and everything else too. Right? Like not, I'm not, I'm not playing the old, the small, the small violin, but it's just funny how that, that, that works. <laughs> small violin. Yeah. Uh, do you guys do a refresher every year? Um, like yes. when the season's over or, or when you get into the off season a little bit, okay, can we, like, do you, do you get with John and say, okay, let's let's do this. And, and he, he, he has open <laughs> clinics or, or money they cut that cost or whatever it is. Is there things and what um, what do you try to get out of those uh, every off season? What's cut some stuff that you do during the off season? Because maybe you're probably getting into that that part of the year now. Where is that you you, that you try to keep guys refreshed, so they're ready to go come March, come come April, whenever the baseball season starts. I mean, it never ends. It seems a lot of times, but there's are, are do, do you have those off season um, deals that that refresher courses? And what do you personally try to get out of those? So. Every January and February, my local association, SIBUA, does a class every January and February, like I said. And it's every Saturday or Sunday every week. My, I try to attend as best as I can. We do clinics. We do rules. Going through film study on certain plays that happen in the majors and the minors or college baseball in general. Yeah. Uh and then we set up for the meeting, which dues, uniforms, scheduling, whatever. And um, yeah, pretty much we like you said with the clinics and all. That's pretty much what we do. As 
try to get ourselves better, ready for the season, ready for the upcoming high school season and the travel ball season. Um, I will tell you this: it's important to get to let your association know, hey, I want to get better. What can I do? Um, if your association does not have a game plan on how to get yourself better, don't go back. Short them. Don't. I mean, they're not willing to help you. Why should you help them? Well, that's just, uh, that's what we're kind of struggling with right now is we, uh, we're trying to get things going a little bit more like the COVID thing really hit us a, a lot, whereas guys just dropped out, guys that didn't want to do it. We're trying to find new bodies here and there, and we're, we're, we're doing these things free of charge. We're not charging anything. It's like, come on out, learn something. It's two hours every other Saturday for now. Uh, we're going, we have plans to do this and that, but it, the tough thing is getting people interested again. And, and, and we have a problem, uh, now that we're playing more baseball, um, and there's more teams, there's more leagues, there's more of these phantom organizations that are popping up yeah. out of nowhere. There's less kids that are becoming officials because they're all told they're, they're going to, to college baseball and going to the big leagues. So, you, so now we don't, you don't have as many kids trying to get involved in, in the, in the, uh, the fine art of umpiring. And, and, and that's a, that's a, a sad thing in, in my eyes. See, I started at age 19 officiating wise. Yeah. And I don't, think uh, I, I I think if the kids today were to try officiating they should don't follow that fallacy of a short sell dream of college baseball because I mean college baseball you could walk on if you wanted to but if you got you enough dough you can play for that team absolutely <laughs> that's yes there's scholarship there's only 12 per team so you're only going to get a uh, X amount of dollar scholarship, anyways. Like they, they have Absolutely. to spread. They have, they have to spread uh, the, the twelve scholarships amongst thirty guys, whatever the number is. So it's let's cool your jets a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, no, it's astonishing how it's just got kind of gotten left. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Being being an umpire isn't the coolest thing in the world, <laughs> and a lot of people don't. It's not, not that your uh, people are there to see umpires very often, but they like when a guy's doing a good job, they they do appreciate it, and they do you you do sometimes pull one kid out that that go, hey, that's kind of neat. I, I want to try that, and that's one thing we have to do. Um, to, no matter where where you are, Staten Island or Southern Alberta, uh, if we can get a kid to go out there, do you? Do a little bit of help trying to recruit younger kids, maybe a catcher, maybe a something. Do you do you ever talk, talk to a parent? And go, this kid is he seen your your boy seems interested, or, or your girl for for that matter. They seem I, interested in the game a little bit. Do, what do you do to try to recruit a little bit? I'm not saying you're the full time recruitment guy for your association, but is there something that you do while you're on the field, while you're on the field, to try to get kids involved in the uh, fine art of umpiring? So I actually talk to the high school students a lot. And I try to talk talk as many as I can to baseball, to the baseball teams, or to the softball teams, or girls softball, or trying to kind of get into many sports teams as possible. I tell them, listen, college. Depending on the college that you're going to, you're gonna have to pay for it yourself. If you want to start making some money. And stay within the sport. Officiating is the way to go. Hundred percent. I mean, I mean, when I was in college, I mean, I graduated, but um, 
don't like talking about it. I had to pay <laughs> to officiating. I yeah. paid my way through officiating game fees, and it helped me a lot cover the costs. And oh, it's I said that to to a lot of kids. Like we have. Um, Lack of better, it's, it's it's a junior college program, Canadian College Baseball Conference here in, in Lethbridge. Um, they there's a 10, 8, 10 team uh, league or or conference, I guess. And uh, I said that to a lot of players. I said, "Hey, man, like if you want to be part of this, there's only so many coaches. There's only so many guys. If you want to be part of the game and and you can make a couple of bucks, yeah, you're not getting rich doing it, but it, it's something that's the income a little bit, and uh, you can be part of the game forever." Like for literally forever, uh, most kids don't play past the age of eighteen. Fewer play past the age of twenty-two, right? And then so, and then if you want to be part of the game, you can do this because we're we're struggling to have guys because I, I I don't want to do one hundred and fifty games a year or whatever it is. And you can be out here and it's something you you have a feel for the game a little bit. And you and like you said earlier, like right when we first started the show uh, when you got into soccer officiating, you can give back a little bit. And that's yeah. something that gets lost a lot is that you, you're, you're not doing it to get rich, but you're doing it to give back to it, to the sport that you love and that you were part of. And I think that gets lost a lot with parents, with coaches and with players. Absolutely. The travel coaches in general, literally, I mean, literally they do sort of volunteer, literally they volunteer their time. No question. They give yeah. back to the sport, but it's the travel coaches that are the main issues when it comes to that, and that's what it seems to be. Yeah, it's, it's just it's odd to me. If you were, it's this is a great great talk, Daniel. Thank you very much for doing this. Um, if you were given the uh, the the magic wand and the crown and the whole bit and become king of the amateur umpire world, and you could fit, find a way to to solve all the problems with uh, a couple of you get you get three wishes, I guess you get three chances to to tap to tap the issue on the head. What are three things if you were given the uh, the throne for a day? What are three things you would do? to uh, help amateur officials to make it better for us, to make it easier for us and the like, if you know, if you know what I'm kind of getting at. Okay. So one, I'd like to see more officials with disabilities. I'd like, I'd like to see it. I mean, I've been, I'm one of very few. You got yeah. me, you got Bill Freed, you got uh, Justin Fletcher. Um, there's some, the, the lack of diversity in officiating, sure, we're talking. Other than race wise, there's no, di- there's not enough disab- disability officials. Kind of get pushed aside a little bit because of it. Y- yes, so that's one. Two, I'd like to see a little more helmet cam or camp camera footage of official. You know, take a video, take a GoPro. Put it on the helmet or put it on the hat and ump cam or ref cam. See that. That's a good point because a little bit of technology so you can actually see what you're doing wrong. Because if somebody tells you what you're doing wrong, because you know what? No, I didn't do anything wrong. You're you know, not like, going like to no, no one's listening. Nobody's, you, you, you cannot, it's like you can't, you can't um, evaluate your own work because your own work's never wrong. Right, but oh. in your own head, you're never wrong. 
it, but if you if you physically see it, uh, more more technology. That's that's a very good point. More uh, more technology at our levels um, to to help guys see what they did wrong, and they can do it on their own time and have someone sitting with them saying, "Okay, this was right. This was absolutely that, that, that I like that one for sure. Both of them gr- great so far. You get one more." And the last one, I think I'd like to see a little bit more leeway on the price of equipment and uniforms. I mean, not for nothing, sure, equipment and uniforms are pretty expensive. Yeah. But, however, you're trying to gain more officials, at least give them a uniform credit or something. to. Because you know what the funny thing is? I'm friends with – I know a lot of people that do – for career-wise police work at all, yep. auxiliary police, auxiliary or any 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 um, governmental work, they get a uniform credit to pay for uniforms, and it goes back into the pocket pocket of the government. That's what happens in New York City. That is, yep. I personally think there needs to be a little bit more uniform credits when it comes to the equipment and uniforms. Trying to sign up officials. Give them some money to start their way through instead of having them buy it their own way and and just not know what to do. Well, that's the biggest thing. I, and that was one thing my friend Matt, he, when he, I had him on the, the Hey Blue podcast last week. He was talking about the, the biggest thing that he thought he could have done right was know the rule book more when he first went out there and look more official, like look, the, look the part a lot more because you go out there with a little more confidence. You go out there with, um, you, you're, you're not getting frowned upon right off the bat because appearances, a lot of what we do is smoke and mirrors. So if you go out there looking the part, you're, you're, you're more, you're less likely, likely to get shit on throughout a game because you have the proper pants on as dumb as that sounds, as ridiculous as that sounds. If you, are wearing Bermuda shorts and a tank top and get every call right, you're still going to get yelled at. But if you're wearing the fancy hat, the fancy short, the fancy shirt and the pants and the proper shoes, people go, yeah, he's right. Right. So it is funny. That's one thing we're, we're trying to do here is hook up with the different suppliers. And then, um, we do have some money in our kitty a little bit is, uh, if we get new guys who can't afford this, can't afford that, we'll, we'll buy it. Well, maybe we'll take a little bit off your game fees, a little bit here and there to 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 circumvent that a little bit instead of having a guy jump out yeah. and having to having to spend two thousand bucks on his first day. I personally think a uniform credit may be the better idea. Yeah, well, hundred percent. Because that way they have the money right there, and then they could use it like they could use it to pay pay for the uniforms and then start working. And then you make the money back real quick. Yeah, that's we're, we're working on something on our end to, to try to try to get that. We we had a few guys out this year um, when I went to some some games, looking here and there just to to see what was going on. Not not so much an evaluation thing, just just to, to watch. Um, there was guys just wearing whatever they could. I was like, that's 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 part of the problem right there. And if yeah. you don't if you don't look professional, you probably aren't going to be professional. No, and, of course. And, it, and it's just one of those things. And that, that's a very good point is to get the uniform credit out there. No, a hundred percent. Daniel, it's very good talking with you. This is a, a great talk. We'll ha- I'll have you on the show again. Uh, you were telling me off air before we started rambling about officiating that you got yourself a podcast. Tell me about it, uh, where, where it can be found, and, and uh, you'll send me the link, and I'll put it out to the masses and, and, and the rest. What, what's going on in the sure. podcast world and Dan- in Daniel Block's uh, part of the world out there in Staten Island? So my podcast is called Interesting Interviews with Daniel's World, and I've interviewed – 
drummers, officials, musicians, pretty much, pretty much anyone I could find to get to know them, to tell, to let them tell their story of who they are and what they, what they do. If, well, first of all, I cordially invite you to come on the show. It's an audio podcast too. Yeah. Uh, um, I've looked, I've told um, I've interviewed Tammy Mitchell Woods from Drama Girls United. I've interviewed Brendan Malarkey from the uh, NY uh, New York New York State officials. I've interviewed dozens. Uh, I have about maybe about maybe fifteen twenty episodes. Yep. Check it out on Spotify. Uh, I should have more episodes coming up soon when I. Find the time, but you definitely are on my list, Brent. Absolutely. No, I'd be more than happy. We'll find some time and things are, you know, it's uh, great. I might have a lot more time in about, about six hours from now in the Yankees. See how the season goes <laughs> in six hours from now, kind of on pins and needles a little bit this, this afternoon. But uh, no, it should be, I'll, I'd be more than happy to come on your show. We'll uh, return the favor to the, the podcast world. It's, it's, a, it's a big one, but it's a small community. And, uh, and I'll be more than happy to come out there. Uh, thank you very much. Get this out to the masses. Thank you very much for joining me and, and, and actually reaching out to me. Uh, on Facebook. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. We need to spread the word on, on how to improve um, amateur umpiring, what we can possibly do. Uh, we, we we all can't be wrong. There's a few of us, and it seems to me that the more people I talk to about this, we all have the same ideas. It's just a matter of getting them all together and getting it, getting it all to work as one because um, we're running out of officials, and before you know it, there won't be any, and then and then, and then what? And it's, it's something that's gotta, got, it's gotta happen because uh, it, without, uh, you, you can have all the baseballs, all the fields, all the players, and all the coaches. But if you don't have officials out there getting the game, the game's not nearly as fun for the players, right? Yep. And, and it's just not. And and we all have the same idea how to keep things going. Uh, thank you very much once again, Daniel, for, for coming on Hey Blue, the umpire podcast for umpires by an umpire. It was greatly appreciated. Uh, do you have any closing remarks that you want to you want to uh, end the show with? Got to be. Something. I do indeed. I do. Uh, well, first, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, second, uh, if, if you haven't thought about becoming an official, do it. We need, we need, we definitely need you because it's a desperate shortage right now. And I've, I've been getting emails all over the place about openings left and right. And three, um, stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully I'll see you in the future on the field. There we go. No, it was uh, it was very, very it was a great time having you. Things are different to, from your part of the world to my part of the world, Staten Island, uh, to, uh, to to Lethbridge, Alberta is a quite the trek. But in general, we all we all have the same problems. It's it's quite funny how it all it all works out. The problems don't don't stop uh, through through the Midwest and through the prairies and everything else. So no, it's fun having having you on the show. I guess. Hey, who's your football team? Giants. You're a, they're having a good season. Yes. Jets are doing pretty good too. Do you think Jets the Giants can keep it up? Too. They're what five and one right now. Do you think they can keep it going? I think so. I think so. If Daniel Jones is not does not uh, if the O line protection O line stays uh, does changes its attitude on uh, protecting Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones doesn't make an error throw like he usually does, um, I think we should probably make the playoffs. No that's, question. As long as you get in, that's the that's the big thing. No, it's a lot of fun. 
Once again, Daniel, thank you very much for coming on on Hey Blue. I appreciate it very much. We'll uh, we'll get you on the show again. Maybe we'll uh, talk about clinics. Maybe come January, see how things are going. See how the, the, you're prepping for the upcoming season. Uh, we'll I'll press pause and we'll uh, we'll we'll change exchange some numbers or whatever here, and we'll uh, make sure we get the, your link to your your podcast. I'll put it out to the masses, and uh, hopefully we can pick up some steam for you. Uh, thank you once again, and remember, Daniel, smart people bunt. We'll talk to you in a bit. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.